0: This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt.
1: And I'm Kelsey. This
0: is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. (coughs) Oh, oh, I coughed. Great. (laughs) That was awesome. So you're still going to have to cut that out, Brittany. Um, I'm not going to even tell you about it. I'll just let you hear it. Welcome to Main Corpse. Welcome back. So, we are starting to fall into a groove, I think. I'm starting to feel really good about this. So, uh, tonight we are going to have Kelsey. Hello. Going to have Kelsey tell us a story. I can't wait because she said...
1: um, What is it that you said a minute ago to me? We've got to have trigger warning. Um, Right at the beginning, if you have an issue with any kind of triggers... (laughs) You're just gonna want to turn it off right now, and I'm really apologize for that. This case is nutballs.
0: Okay, so you heard it here. The case is nutballs. If you have any <laughs> triggers whatsoever, um, that includes allergies, turn it off.
1: Yeah, allergies especially. Uh,
0: so yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited about this. I have a feeling I'm gonna love it. So tonight we went with a place that. Kelsey introduced me to. So let's get right to the food. By the way, you heard me opening up a delicious Coke Zero. We're not paid by Coke, but we would like to be. So Coke,
1: if you want to pay us. Honestly, mm-hmm. just pay me in Coke Zero. Yeah, just send I us Coke Zero. I don't even need money.
0: Yeah, I'll take Coke Zero. Uh, so tonight we went with, you know what, I'll let, you're, you're the one to introduce me to it. Go <laughs> ahead, introduce it. Go for
1: it. All right. So um, I actually, when we moved to Clarksburg... Johnny D's was brand new, and um, they're amazing. I introduced, Matt can't even wait for me to introduce Mm -hmm. it. Um, I introduced them to the cheesesteak, but they have crab soup, they've got heroes, they've got all kinds of really great Greek food, and my husband loves the pizza there, so um, let's talk about the cheesesteak, because it's my favorite too. Yeah,
0: we both went with the same thing, so she's digging in right now, so Mm -hmm. I'll talk since I'm done with my first bite so the cheesesteak that they make so you may think well I choose just a, a cheesesteak so first of all first of all their bread is outstanding mm-hmm. i don't know where they get it it's not like a normal hoagie roll it's like it kind of reminds me of like a french baguette almost mm-hmm. like the way it looks it doesn't have the texture of a french baguette but the way it looks kind of reminds me of a french baguette it's got obviously shaved steak on it this one has lettuce uh tomato all the the stuff that you would expect to see on like a cheesesteak anywhere outside of philadelphia um but it has something different on it and you're the one who who told me about it and i couldn't believe it what's
1: what's different about it it's almost like a pepper jam it's just a pepper spread and i always get extra and it is it's probably the best thing that i have ever had anywhere Really yeah. good. It's it's
0: unbelievably good. So it's got this like pepper cheese jam spread on it. I don't know what you would call this. Um, it almost has. It kind of mixes with the cheese they use, mm-hmm. and what it reminds me of is if you had, like, a really good spicy pimento cheese on mm-hmm. something. Exactly. So, yeah, the the bread is really nicely toasted. The meat itself is seems to be reasonably high quality. It doesn't taste like Steakums.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which,
0: I'm not talking shit on Steakums. I love Steakums in their own right. Uh, so, if you're in Philly and you heard me talk shit just now, I'm sorry. Uh, but, um, it's really, really good. And the thing is they don't skimp either. You get a huge sub, uh, -hmm. with everything you could want on it. And damn, is it so good.
1: Yeah. They even deliver locally, which Mm -hmm. is awesome for me. Um, when I, when I first ordered, the owner is the one who delivered it to me individually. Wow. And it was so good that we actually, I had got it for like, lunch that day. We ended up having it for dinner that night. I don't blame him. <laughs> because I, I was like, Michael, you have to try this. It's so good. And um, I'm not wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Michael warned me that the um the pepper spread <laughs> on this was too hot. He just said, it's like too hot to eat. You won't be able to handle it. It's not. Um, it is mildly um, spicy. Mm-hmm. It has a little bit of a sweet peppery kick. It sits on the back of your tongue, just the way you expect something that's really good and spicy to do. It reminds me of, like, you just had a little bit of hot sauce, mm-hmm. is what it reminds me of. It's nothing big. Um, if you're a Taco Bell fanatic like me, about a fire pack yeah, is what it reminds me of. Same. These are delicious, delicious sandwiches. Um, I would highly recommend them. So the other things I've had from them, Brittany got a pasta the last
1: time. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, she got the the shells, stuffed shells. Oh, it was good. It, it was, was good, really
0: good. And um, Michael last time got the pizza, and it was pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not gonna go to my way for their pizza. Their their sandwiches are definitely better, um, but their pizza is not bad at all either. Um, I would I would definitely eat it again. And tonight, Brittany got um a gyro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a Greek salad. Wow, it was really good, too. I just tried it. Mm -hmm. Um, The sauce they put on it, everything was really, really good. Very impressed with... uh, with
1: um, They're also the only place in the area that I'm aware of that does fries with just gravy as an option. And it's so good. And it's just... The fat kid in me gets so happy about it. You just
0: triggered a lot of Canadians... Because it doesn't have uh, cheese curds on it, too.
1: Listen, I I am genuinely hurt that it doesn't oh. have cheese curds on it, because poutine is probably one of my favorite foods. It's up there. I know that you have an issue with it, whatever that might be, but...
0: I uh, I am a poutine hater. I, am, I don't like a lot of gravies, believe it or not.
1: Well, you're wrong, but that's fine.
0: Let me change that. I don't like a lot of brown gravies. Still wrong, but that's fine. I like fine. pepper
1: gravy. Okay, yeah, no, you do.
0: Yeah, I do like pepper gravy because I love biscuits and gravy. But, um, yeah, I just don't love brown gravies. I don't know. Maybe I'll try theirs. Maybe it'll be the first brown gravy that I find that I love.
1: It's just a standard brown gravy on french fries, and I love it so much. So it's not, like,
0: specifically, like, a turkey gravy or something? It's just a brown, like, beef gravy or something like that?
1: I I think so, yeah.
0: Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to finish eating this sandwich. (laughs) And then we're going to get back to it. And then we'll get back to it because this is too good to stop. So, again, Johnny D's. Johnny Am I getting D's. the name right? Yeah. This isn't like sweet nan-nans where I'm getting it all <laughs> wrong. Um,
1: Poor sweet nanas. They're so nanas, good, too. Nanas. Sweet
0: nanas. God dang it. Uh, by the way, much better job of me not cussing this time. Did you catch that?
1: Yeah. I'm proud I don't think I
0: have once. If I have, definitely point it out like I know you will. All right. We are going to go finish this. And then when we get back, we have a story from kelsey so get excited we're gonna go finish our food
1: Alrighty, so we're back and just real quick one more time trigger warning there are there's mentions of rape there's a lot of murder this is very gruesome um we thought that matt was going to be the one that does the nasty stuff but we were very wrong um so, so i'm gonna
0: leave because i get easily triggered so all I'm right take
1: off well, that's fine so i this can this is a kelsey solo episode and goodbye, Matt. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> all right. So, going to go ahead and get into it. Um, I thought this would be a little bit fun to start with because you did it to me with our first episode. And um, I want to play Guess the Movie. Okay. All right. And you're going to be way better at this than I am. Okay. And, Let's see. All right. So, a co-ed alone at home. Mm-hmm. Her parents are out. Scream. Are you gonna do the Gainesville Ripper? Yes, sir. Kevin we're Williamson
0: doing... base scream on the Gainesville Ripper. Oh damn! Ah. Here we go. Okay, sorry, sorry. I I'm sorry if I sorry if I ruined just now. Okay, you didn't at all. Oh um, damn. Okay, go through the rest of the plot of Scream though, or go through the rest of this plot real quick.
1: The plot of Scream? No, the the plot the, the of this. The plot of this. Oh, right. okay. Right. Go for it. So basically, um, we're going to be talking about. Danny Rowling, the Gainesville Ripper, Um, he spent three days in Florida, uh, Gainesville, Florida specifically, and he murdered five coeds because a dark entity, and you'll recognize this name I bet, called Gemini, Mm -hmm. was um, telling him to do it. Oh, this is cool. I'm so glad you're
0: doing this. Okay, so here's the deal. So before you get started, I only know a little bit about the Gainesville Ripper. I know some about the Gainesville Ripper. Um, I know that Kevin Williamson, who wrote one of, I think, the best slasher films ever made, which is Scream, uh, was lightly based... His, uh, his his script for Scream off of The Gainesville Ripper. There was also a 2010 film called The Gainesville Ripper made by a guy, his last name's Townsend, maybe? Mm-hmm. It's a sack of shit. It really is not good. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad
1: I didn't watch that in I would preparation. Avoid that.
0: I would avoid that. But <laughs> Scream, this is super timely. Do you know about the new Scream movie? I do. Okay, super timely. There's a new Scream movie coming out in 2022. So um, I'm so sorry. I just got very excited. As soon as you said that, I was like, Damn, I'm so here we happy. Go. Um, okay.
1: So here's the thing I picked the Gainesville Ripper because a girl that works for me, her mom, almost went to Florida State.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Would this have been around the same time? Same year.
1: Him? Oh. Her dad said he had a bad feeling about it and um she ended up going somewhere else and it was a really good thing she did.
0: Really good
1: choice. Um, yeah, so I listened to podcasts. I read the book that Sandra wrote with Danny rolling um while he was in prison, while he was giving her an exclusive. I've watched little docu-series and I've read just a ton of articles and all of them flow kind of the same way. And I don't want to go that specific route. I want to start a year earlier in Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, A man named William Tom Grissom was 55, described as being very polite Friendly and respectable. Um, He, at the time, was battling throat cancer and was just beginning to get better. His daughter, Julie, uh, was on the verge of graduation from Baton Rouge. Uh, She was 24, living with him at the time. His grandson, Sean, was eight and had just had his birthday. So he was visiting with his grandpa and his aunt as part of the celebration. He was supposed to return home Monday, November 6th. That was in 1989. And that morning, his mom got a call from the school saying that he'd never arrived. Around 830, she contacted the police after several calls to her father-in-law were unanswered. Um, The police uh the police then reached out to neighbors and around 8 45 one of the neighbors just went over to check on the family this is this is such a thing i think for people especially people like in our area rural mm-hmm. enough that's something like my dad would just go check um yeah my mother-in-law just went and checked on her neighbor after some time of not hearing about it and that didn't end super well kind of like this actually um so the the neighbors went over about 8 forty five and they tried to open the door to the utility room, which either I'm assuming wasn't actually locked or they had a key um it did it didn't actually specify and finding any um any kind of research on this any kind of like actual news articles on this specific incident um was really difficult where it wasn't just tied directly to Danny i I tried to find something really specific and it they just didn't really report on any of this but um they tried to open the utility room door and um struggled because William's body was actually slumped against the door blocking the entrance to the utility room.
0: Oh wow. So um, I don't know any of this. That's super that's yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah, he, he had several stab wounds to his back and his chest. Um, entering the house, they found eight-year-old Sean face down in the family room with a single knife wound to the back that had been um, shoved. The knife had been shoved so forcefully through him that the knife wound actually went all the way through his chest. They found Julie's body, um, naked and partially hanging off the bed. She'd been stabbed at least three times in the back, but had been turned over to face up and th- this was just kind of mentioned there was vinegar applied to her body. I'm assuming some kind of like forensic countermeasure or something, but this was 89, so I don't know what they really would have been able to find. Um, there were no signs at all of forced entry, no, no robbery. Um, there was some indication of a struggle, but the overall crime scene had been described as being neat. It, it's amazing that
0: you can... that Because I, I understand what you're saying, but to hear the description where a murder was so brutal that it went uh, that a knife stab, sorry, was so brutal that it went all the way through somebody, mm-hmm. like in their back and out their chest, and Keep we in mind, describe it, was a it as a yeah, but that's still yeah. you're talking about a lot of force someone mm-hmm. really strong would have to do that and then the, vine- the vinegar thing I, I would have never guessed that, yeah, I would have never guessed that anyone would ever do that as a countermeasure, but that's a really good point, maybe that's what it was Yeah, that's pretty
1: wild Okay. So that case goes, for the most part, unsolved. They really don't have any suspects. They don't... I'm sure people were talking. It was a small town. But that's really as far as that goes. Um, A little less than a year later, um, August 24th of 1990, um, Rowling says that he was speaking to a dark spirit called Gemini. It was... Something he'd been communicating with, and it tells him what to do. Uh, he finds himself at an apartment building not far from where he was currently camping in Gainesville, and as he stands in front of apartment one thirteen, he he asks verbally, "This one?" And the spirit replies, "Yes, Danny, this one." The man, Danny, tries to open the door. It was locked. So he gets into kind of, he has like a little go bag, like a duffel bag with him um, and takes out a heavy duty screwdriver and a mini mag pen light. When he tries again to open the door and the door won't open for him. And he, um, he demands that Gemini help him. He says, Gemini, if you want this, show me your power, do this, get this door open. And when he does that, uh, the, the door opens for him as if it had been unlocked the entire time. Now, that's something that he says specifically in the book that he wrote with Sandra, that this, this is how this went down. Not that it was just jammed, which the police believe was in fact the case. The door was jammed.
0: Okay, um, so so this is in his book. This so this is really wild that we get yeah. we get his interpretation of events. The police say the door was jammed. He says yes. Jim and I told me to go there and yes. open the door for me, basically.
1: Yes, okay. and I'm gonna take one quick sec here to pull this up, but I want you to see the um, illustration.
0: By the way, for those of you listening, go look up how many ser- serial killers were
1: Geminis. Um, So, fun fact. That's a lot. Danny Rowling actually physically was a Gemini. Yeah. Um,
0: I think they said there's like 40 serial killers that were Geminis. Um, there is a... Uh, an urban myth I guess that that, Ge- that the Gemini sign has the most serial killers but I don't think that's the case I think that's actually not true but it could be maybe I'm wrong
1: I would love for it to be true my best friend's a Gemini and it just seems right honestly it just, it
0: just seems to fit so
1: take a look at this just, just take a quick look at this specific illustration. It's something he drew.
0: He drew this.
1: He did. And I'm going to post this on our Insta and our Facebook. I'll give it to you for Twitter. Um, but it's uh, he drew so many illustrations um, and they are just all really bizarre but this one is surprisingly specific to the instance of this book. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, he breaks into this apartment or Gemini opens this apartment for him. That's um, the
0: way we're gonna. That's the way we're yeah. gonna play this. Yeah. Gemini
1: opened the door. So Gemini's opened the door, and um, Danny comes into the apartment shared by Sonia Larson and Christina Powell. He found Powell asleep downstairs on the couch. Paused, stood over her for a moment. I'm going to show you that illustration one more time. And, so, um, by
0: the way, super yeah. quick, the illustration. Yeah. Let, let, let me explain what we're looking at in case you guys want to go see it, too. Or in case you don't see it. So, in this illustration, at the bottom of the, the illustration, you have a masked man. Looks like he's wearing a hockey mask with his eyes uh, kind of wide and his eyebrows kind of like like sinister looking. Yeah. Um, he's holding a knife above, uh, above his head, basically, with blood dripping off of it. Um, and in the background what appears to be a very surprise looking moon. Spooky moon. Uh, yeah. Spooky moon. Um, with kind of what looks almost like a Harry Potter esque lightning bolt across its head. I yeah. don't think that's what it's supposed to be, but I agree. Uh, we're gonna say that is that is canon to Harry Potter
1: okay great um Sorry, and go ahead <laughs> no, no no i actually want to add to what you're saying um the knife he utilized in the murders was what's called and i'm probably saying it wrong a kabar marines knife okay and that's spelled k-a-b-a-r take a quick look at that and compare it to the illustration k-a-b-a-r R.
0: Mm-hmm. okay oh gotcha okay yeah okay my dad had one of
1: these okay uh he still does Okay, well, as long yeah. as he's not murdering co in Gainesville, we're probably all right. He is not,
0: but that is, you're right. That is definitely a, a K, I think they're called K-Bar. you bar like, K-Bar. Like K-bar like a K-Bar knife. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they kind of look like a Marine-issued knife, a U.S. Marine-issued knife.
1: Mm-hmm. I believe
0: they were issued to U.S. Marines. Yeah, they were. Yeah. That's a Marine knife. All right, yeah. sorry, go ahead.
1: No, 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 cool. I'm glad you had some facts. Um, but anyway, he finds Christina Powell asleep on the downstairs couch and stands over her for a moment pauses and decides he's going to explore upstairs so upstairs he actually finds larson asleep in her bedroom so he does what any reasonable person would do and tapes her mouth shut to stifle her screams before he stabs her to death
0: oh wow okay
1: um she died while trying to fight him so after that he goes back downstairs tapes uh, Powell's mouth shut while she's still sleeping and binds her hands behind her back. I can't even begin to imagine waking up in the middle of that. Um, That's terrifying for me. As a small lady type person, I would be terrified to be overpowered that way. I, I just can't even. So, after he does this, he threatens her with his marine knife because I can say the word marine um and proceeds to cut her clothes off and rapes her before stabbing her in the back five times now I want to talk a little bit about his description of this not because I think it's okay or I think it's a good thing but you guys have to understand how he thought about this after he forces her to give him oral sex um he tells her that's good now get up and hop on the table and she says that she tried but couldn't because her bound hands left her off balance so he lifted her and placed her butt on the edge of the table and says have you ever been raped before she says yes really and she replies with "Uh uh-huh he says tell me about it but she goes completely silent And his response is, well, that's all right, because I'm fixing to do it again anyway. That's just...
0: And this is in his book? This is in his book. Jesus Christ. So I, I do want to point out something to you while we're going through this because this this is a good point to pause because that's a lot to dissect. I want to point out something to you that his image of himself is extremely reminiscent of slasher movie posters from the 1980s. So I'm showing Kelsey right now the, the poster for um, Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan specifically um, where Jason is kind of overlooking the city but holding a knife extremely similarly to, to mm-hmm. what he is in the picture. So just, just keep that in mind because that is a very, when I saw that, it immediately hit me. And I said, this is a very, very common look for uh, like horror films at the time. Yeah. It was uh, very, very common.
1: After he rapes her, he stabs her in the back five times, and then goes back upstairs. He attempts now to rape her roommate but has found that rigor mortis has set in and it's no longer viable so instead he goes back downstairs proceeds to rape the body one more time before he takes the time to pose both of the bodies in provocative positions and takes a shower before he leaves He says that what happened next is a complete blank to him. Now, keep in mind, a lot of this is coming directly from his book, so it's possibly fabricated, possibly just exaggerated, but assuming that the things that he says are true, this is just awful. So, later that day, he says he comes back to, and he's pedaling his bike. Um, He checks the bag that he had with him. His... K-bar knife, his duct tape, the ski mask, and gloves are all still in there. But he finds a Ziploc bag. When he takes a look at the Ziploc bag, the contents are a trophy. He's taking Christina Powell's nipples. This
0: I, guy was serious.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, this is really uncomfortable. It, yeah. It's, it really it's a, is. It's a
0: lot of... Uh, this is really different because you get... You really get his perspective from it, which is maybe the most uncomfortable part because I'm going to be honest so far, his own description is coming off really narcissistic and almost proud. To a to a level that that is very very uncomfortable. Yeah. Because while you were showing me highlights, I was reading other parts of it, and I'm like, this guy really <laughs> thought high of himself. He he um, did. Yeah. The just the way he described the situations from what I'm seeing from his book. Um, yeah.
1: It's it's definitely not something. something that um I probably would have picked up and read just for fun because getting through the first couple of chapters is just bizarre um it puts you in the mindset of i've had a really um a really negative reaction to it like reading it i i was appalled yeah it's like i mean that and that's that's
0: uh you get a lot of people who make who make um i don't know almost urban legends or heroes out of serial killers when you dive into what they actually did to people, um, you, you really have a different perspective on it. Yeah. And and what he did here, because um, I knew about the I know about the murders, I know about the overall, like, what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the details like you're giving now. Um, I know that, you know, he went in and he murdered two co-eds. Um, I, I know he did that. I didn't know all the details behind it. And when you get all of the details, especially from his point of view, um, it is... It's a rough one. It's yeah. a rough one.
1: Yeah. So, the next day, he breaks into the apartment of Krista Hoyt. He used his knife and the screwdriver to pry open the sliding glass door. So, Jim and I did not open this door for him. Um. He actually didn't mention this specific murder in the first half of the book. And that's about as far as I made it. Really? Yeah. The, yeah. Read, the read of the book is very distracted. So, I have now read all about these murders, um about his dog, about his family life. Um I read about pretty much anything you could think of except these last three murders. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like there's there's nothing about them. Um so he uses the knife and the screwdriver to pry open the sliding glass door. Um when He found that she wasn't at home. He just decided to wait. She came back around 11 a.m. that day, so I assume she had gone out for the night and stayed elsewhere and returned that morning. Um, When she comes through the door, he surprises her from behind. He subdued her by placing her in a chokehold and proceeded to tape her mouth shut, bind her wrists, and then he led her to the bedroom where he cut off all of her clothes and raped her. Then he left and went back to his camp. But once he returned to his camp, he realized his wallet was missing. So he decides to go back to the crime scene, thinking maybe he left it there. So he gets back and decides um, not to look for his wallet, as far as I can tell, because it never mentions if he got it or not. He decides to rearrange her body. He decapitated her posed her body provocatively and then placed her head on the shelf across from her bed facing her body. And that's how she was found. Jeez. Yeah.
0: And I get the trigger warning now.
1: Yeah. So um by now the students, the co eds, um, have all started taking extra precautions, um, you know, to avoid being murdered. So my so my question is this. You're, yeah. not, you're not talking
0: about, I mean, even by, by um, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this, because I don't want Florida State to sue me here, yeah. but why the fuck wouldn't you shut down your campus if this was happening? Um, I mean, clearly they were going after Florida State co-eds, and these were not simple like break in, rob the place, and kill the person who's there with a gun. This is clearly um, someone who's very, very unstable and very capable of terrible, terrible crimes. So I wonder why Florida State didn't just cancel classes and send people home.
1: So you have to think about it this way. This was 1990. (coughs) This is 1990 and these people don't really see this happening. Like this just isn't a thing. It's not in the media the same way it is today. Like if something like this happened now, they'd shut down the campus immediately as soon as they found the first two bodies. But this was this was 1990, and they decided they were going to, I guess, just try to be more careful, give the students options. Um, but none of these murders actually happened on the campus. Yeah,
0: I mean that that's a fair point that that none of the murders happened on the campus. I just wonder, like, like I said, with it being as brutal as what you're describing, I mean, these are not. Again, these are not... I hate to call something a standard murder. This is not like a drive-by shooting. You know what I mean? This is... I'm going to cut someone's head off and pose it to look at their raped body. This is is really, really nasty stuff. And you would think that by this point... Because how many days have passed now? Two Two. days? You would think someone would have started to connect the dots even by the second day. Right. And say, man, there's somebody here doing something. Uh, Because... Like, very similar murders. So, yeah.
1: So throwing that out there. Yeah. So, they did um, advise everyone to stay in groups. Some of the students, because it was so early in the semester, um, began to withdraw their enrollments. Um, But it didn't do any good because more murders did happen. Tracy Pauls was living with her roommate, Manny, when rolling broke into their apartment through the sliding glass door. This just tells me not to trust a sliding glass door, honestly. I'll
0: be real with you. Every time I watch a movie, if it's a horror movie or not, and there's a sliding glass door or, like, large glass windows, I'm like, you're just opening yourself up to murder. Well,
1: yeah, You're, you're, it worked just, in you're just
0: trying to get killed. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's all you're trying to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the killer finds Manny in his room, and after a bit of a struggle, he murders him. Tracy, after hearing the commotion of, you know, her roommate being murdered, came to check on him and saw Rowling. So she does what every heroine in a movie does and ran, attempting to barricade herself in her room. Now, this reminds me, like, so I hadn't seen Scream. I had Mm -hmm. not seen Scream until I started researching this case. I, um, I researched about half of my research before I watched it with Michael, and, um, this specifically reminds me of the scene with the girl and her boyfriend. Yeah. Where she just tries real hard to dip and gets murdered anyway. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, very,
0: very reminiscent. This is this is the one that I know of the most because it is so reminiscent of Scream.
1: Yeah. yeah. So um, she attempts to barricade herself in her room, but he was able to break through the door. He then taped her mouth and wrist cut off all of her clothing, and raped her before flipping her over and stabbing her in the back. Now, all four of these women were petite brunettes.
0: So again, this is day three, I'm assuming, right? Or did mm-hmm. he, Okay, so this is day three, and now you're seeing four petite brunettes who were all three co-eds of the same college, all three murdered and raped, and ex- raped and murdered, sorry, in, in that order, um, in extremely similar ways, and again like you would think that they would say nobody is allowed to to be alone in their houses no one's allowed to do anything of course she wasn't alone she was there with a roommate so that didn't seem to help yeah so yeah yeah so you know maybe maybe there was not much they could do but when i'm listening to this i'm just like if i were running that college i would be like okay something's up let's get everyone on buses and get them the hell out of here as quickly as possible
1: Well, as you can imagine, the police were now under extreme pressure to catch whoever was at the center of these murders. And several leads actually led the police to one person. Edward Lewis Humphrey was an 18-year-old mental patient who was at the time going to Florida State. He was arrested the day after the police discovered Tracy and Manny for an unrelated charge. Um, for assaulting his grandmother. Edward was currently off of his medication for his manic depression and was already under surveillance for reports of his odd behavior. To give you an idea of Edward, he's six feet tall. He at the time weighed about 200 pounds. His eyes appeared glazed and barely open, and his hair unkempt anytime he was in the courtroom or in the public view. Um, throughout these trials, and his face had a really nasty scar that was actually just from a car accident the year before. But his mugshot fueled growing public speculation. I want to go ahead and show you what he looked like as well, because it's it's sad, honestly.
0: I mean, it sounds like they just went after like the the stereotypical.
1: It's the weird kid. Yeah,
0: the weird kid. Yeah, I mean, that's that you, this is that, that's super common. I mean, go look up the, uh, the West Memphis Three. Same story there. They just went after the easy target.
1: Well, he pled not guilty, um, when he did go to trial for assaulting his grandmother. And his grandmother didn't want charges to be pressed, but they still, um, because of all of this going on, tried him regardless. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he ended up spotlighted as the prime suspect by the news media. Um, newspapers reported him saying that he had an alter ego when he was talking to investigators and that alter ego's name was John and that deta- that um, alter ego knew about the crimes. And this is just, again, something that the, the news media is putting out there. Um, the Gainesville Sun had a story about a knife hidden in a milk carton when his home had been searched. And they also leaked damaging information about Humphrey. They had found bloodstained gloves at his home. So did Although, they just make all of this up? Well, Humphrey's grandmother said that the gloves were hers. Okay. So I don't I don't actually know. Huh. Okay. This is just all The spectacle that was talking about Edward. And I I feel so bad for the guy.
0: Yeah, me too. He um, is. It seems like a witch hunt.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it was. They found a guy who was kind of bonkers. No offense to the mental health community because I mean bonkers in the most polite way possible. (laughs) I'm just as mentally ill as everybody else. We
0: we mean the politically correct version of bonkers,
1: politically correct version of bonkers. That
0: 90s Disney TV show. That bonkers. Definitely. The fun bonkers.
1: Correct. But no, really, this guy I, I feel I feel horrible for him. He was manic depressive. He was off his meds. He did have rages where he and his grandmother got into fights and the neighbors did call the police several times for a domestic. And it's just he he was eventually convicted but never for the Gainesville murders because as we already know because this is such a spectacle of a, a case he had no part of it He, there was DNA evidence that they found at all of the scenes and none of it matched Edward really Yeah, because why would it? He wasn't there.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, but they still, I'm assuming they still kept going after him,
1: even though it didn't? The only thing that linked him was that he was also a student at Fairmont. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not Fairmont. No. No, it's
0: fine, because Fairmont State University and Florida State both are FSU, and I do it all the time. (laughs) Anytime I'm watching football on, like, a Saturday, and I see FSU, I'm like, oh. I wonder
1: why the hell Fairmont State has a uh, football game on. <laughs> why are they playing Alabama? That doesn't make any I, sense. I I went to Fairmont, so my brain just F-S-U. <laughs> but anyway, so he was a student of Florida State, and he at one time lived in the same building as one of the people who was murdered.
0: Oh, there's their connection. That's what they were looking for.
1: Yeah, you got to dig awfully hard for it, though, yeah. don't you?
0: Yeah, you know the major metropolis of Gainesville, Florida, and you lived in the same apartment complex as somebody. Insane! You must have killed him. Gotta love police tactics in the 1990s.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> moving on. Um, after seeing the Gainesville murders on the news, a woman named Cindy from Shreveport called her local Crime Stoppers, and that's such a cool organization. Yep. Um, and they explained that they should look into Rolling. And that she felt that the murders in Gainesville were eerily similar to the murders that happened in Shreveport. At least somebody's doing police work here. Um, A few months after the murders, Cindy asked her husband where Rowling had gone because he wasn't riding to church with them anymore. And she used to see him weekly. And he said that Rowling had a problem and had to go. And when she asked him to elaborate for her, he said, well, he likes to put knives into people whoa yeah Gainesville actually surprisingly did look into this and that's when they started looking at Rowling but let's take it back a little bit let's talk about Danny Rowling he was born in Shreveport his father James was a police officer who had served in the war I believe it was Korea James was known to be abusive to Danny his younger brother and his mother Claudia In one incident, James handcuffed Danny and had police take him away, and he claimed it was because Danny had embarrassed him. I spent a lot of time reading about the abuse that Danny alleges he went through and what his mother has said and family, neighbors, things like that, and I don't actually feel really comfortable covering it because it was so severe and so horrible. And it's not someone using the word bonkers. It's, but it's not my place to talk about that level of trauma. Um, they've talked about, in a couple things I've read, maybe his father James had PTSD. And that's why he was so angry. I don't necessarily think that that's Okay. Danny was severely abused as a child, um, so much so that when Danny was learning to crawl, he wasn't doing it right, and James kicked him into a wall. Oh, wow. And it just got worse the older he got. And to the day that he finally was executed, he still remembered his father as a man to be respected. Oh, wow. And it's it's not okay. No. I I it was it was very severe and very traumatic, and it definitely could have triggered some of the things that happened. But I don't necessarily think that that's gonna make it all go away and make it fine.
0: Yeah it it explains it. It doesn't uh, it doesn't excuse it. Is kind of the, the yeah. best way I can think of to put that. Yeah. So yeah, there there are a lot of serial killers who when they're caught, they you know you find out. They had horrible, horrible lives growing up. They they went through terrible things. Um, and again, there are a lot of people that go through a lot of terrible things that don't turn to to, to doing things like uh, like Danny did here. <laughs> because this is, you know, some this is I, I'm a, I'm always surprised that he's not more famous because of the sheer brutality of what he did. Um, even even someone like the Zodiac killer who's so much more famous. Um, you know, he he mostly just shot people. Mm-hmm. You know? It, it, don't get me wrong, he killed people, but uh, there is a big difference, again, between getting shot and what he put these people through.
1: Yeah. Rowling is quoted as wanting to be as famous as Ted Bundy. Oh, wow. Okay. Which he almost did it, honestly. Got close. Got close. Yeah. So, among other things, Danny was arrested for voyeurism, and armed robbery um, throughout his teen and young adult life. Um, during the murders we talked about at the beginning, the Shreveport murders, he was serving a five-year probation for a, for robbing a Kroger in Mississippi. And he was living with his parents less than 10 minutes away from where the murders happened. Wow. Yeah. Um, Nearly six months after those murders, Rowling fled the state after he had shot his father in the head over an argument that started after his father told him to roll up his car windows because it was raining. This left his father missing both an eye and an ear. Um, That same evening, Rowling went to a local house and robbed the couple there of $21, saying that he needed it to get to Dallas. And it wasn't long after that that he arrived in Gainesville and set up a camp less than two miles away from all of the um, murder scenes. So January of 1991, agents began investigating Danny Rowling after the tip to Crime Crimestoppers. Um, they realized that... Because of his history of robbery, he was probably involved in a local armed robbery that had happened about the same time. And great news, they had already raided his camp, and he was sitting in jail. Oh, wow. So they already had him. They already had him um, for armed robbery. And he... They found a cassette tape while they were doing the initial search of his campsite, and it had been in their possession... For about four months. On that tape, it was, um, he identified himself as Rolling. He sang melancholy folk songs and hinted about bad things that he had done. And I actually have that song for you. And I, I think you'll actually like it. Um, I don't know what that says about me and my friend choices, but...
0: Well, let's see. So i going to, to hear the song.
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds like a honestly, it kind of sounds like a pretty normal folk song. I'm not gonna lie, it kind of reminds me of. uh, uh, Well, first off, I'm gonna say the dude was pretty talented. He he probably could have been, could have been uh, a pretty. uh, I I won't say famous, but he probably could have made a name for himself singing folk music, uh, with his voice and his uh, his riffs there. Um, Very reminiscent of a lot of other songs, but uh, yeah, mystery rider, what's your game? Is that, is that what it was? Is mm-hmm. that what he said? And you've gone insane. and Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, clearly... And I won't even say clearly somebody who's troubled because, again, a lot of the music I listen to, now it's making me think that some of the people I listen to might be a little fucking crazy or something. But... uh
1: In the most politically correct, craziest in the mo- way. Yeah,
0: the most politically correct way. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. I wonder if they have a better quality... Um, version of it, because I, I could hear a lot of it, but so some of it was missing
1: there. Um, that's about as good as it is. Gotcha. Um,
0: yeah, it's an old cassette
1: tape. It's an old cassette tape, and, um, it is really, really hard to find any of the audio from this. I'm shocked we were able to find that. Yeah, me too, honestly. Um, so the tape actually placed Rowling, who was actually already wanted for attempted murder, you know, where he shot his dad, um, In Gainesville at the time of the stabbings. Yeah, so he
0: he really, he put himself right in the middle of it with just Mm -hmm. one song.
1: So, Rowling was brought to trial nearly four years after the murders happened. He claimed his motive was to become a superstar, similar to Ted. Um, And I feel like I can call him Ted. We've done a lot of research. Yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, Teddy.
1: (laughs) Good old Ted. In 1994, before his trial could get underway, he unexpectedly pled guilty to all the charges. Oh, wow. He didn't even try. Mm-mm. Okay. No, and during his trial, Court TV conducted an interview with his mother from her home, during which his father could be heard shouting off camera, which it just... You couldn't even keep it, like, behind closed doors when the cameras are on. Like, Ooh. that's just a level of narcissism and abuse that I just couldn't even begin. So
0: in the middle of court TV,
1: I'm going to go find it now and
0: watch it. I hope so. Um, So in the middle of court TV's interview with his mother, you can hear his father screaming. what it says. Wow. I'm going to find that and watch it now. And
1: Claudia did testify. um, And she testified that Danny was the victim of abuse of a father that she didn't divorce because she was afraid he would, and I quote, go off the deep end and his um i don't know that we can call her girlfriend things things have called her girlfriend in the media and the book that was written with him says that they weren't dating and she was being professional the whole time totally so she could get her exclusive Mm -hmm. um oh wait so
0: she's the one who wrote the book
1: Yes, yeah, Sandra is actually an author. She um she's really it's really fascinating. I'd like to do a lot more research just on her specifically. She originally got I don't want to say famous, but made a name for herself by writing an exclusive from another murderer who happened to be her ex-boyfriend. Wow. Okay. And then um <clears throat> after reading <laughs> that Danny Rowling offered to give her the exclusive to his story, but she testified that he told her that he never sought help because if my dad finds out, he'll kill me. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and I really like want to give this give this murderer the benefit of the doubt. At this point, uh, uh,
0: I I so my, I know my deal is with him. I I it, everything I'm hearing right now, mm-hmm. he is two things that make a perfect murderer. He's narcissistic and he's mm-hmm. charismatic. Um, and when I say when I say charismatic, what I mean by it is I I think he knows the right way mm-hmm. to turn opinion um, towards himself in in favor of himself. I think he sounds like he's extremely, extremely intelligent, like Mm -hmm. to a fault. And he's able to, to be very manipulative, um, is, is what I'm gathering from what I'm hearing about him. And, um, I, I think a lot of, of this sounds like manipulation to me. And again, the little tiny snippet that I read when you had the book up just now, Mm -hmm. just reeked of someone who thinks very, very highly of themselves. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, and and I think is smart enough to try to sway public opinion a little bit. Um, that's the thing with with murders. A lot of them are very charismatic. That's a true. lot of them know how to uh, draw people in. Yeah. There's. I mean, there's still is it is it Ted, is it Ted Bundy? Where where like yeah. people will like he's legitimately got like groupies. Uh, yeah. Who who go crazy over him? Bundy. Um, um, even the the Night Stalker. Yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got people who think he's just the hottest fucking thing that ever lived. And um, it's so funny bizarre. story
1: about how <laughs> Rowling for during his execution actually had people protesting the execution.
0: Wow. Okay. Well For yeah. reasons
1: other than just, you shouldn't execute yeah. people. One of the mental health experts that described Rowling, um, described him as an actor who enjoyed role playing while the Another said that he performed the murders in a military operation type manner. Now, we didn't talk about this really, but um Rowling was actually in the military for a while okay he was he was in the air Force, and um, it would make sense that he would own military weapons, know how to use them mm-hmm. like he he would be able to be very slick and um Specific with the things that he's doing. So, Dr. Sidney Marin, a clinical psychologist from Tampa, said that yes, Rowling did have a disturbed childhood. However, he disputed the defense, saying that Rowling was under extreme duress at the time of the murders. He said that he believed Rowling has trouble admitting to guilt and has what he says is a Swiss cheese conscience saying sometimes it holds and he drives children to church, but most of the time it just goes right through these holes, which I <laughs> I was doing research with Madison for this, and she she said, that's kind of a jump, don't you think? Um, driving children to church and then just, you know, the conscience goes through the holes. It's fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, get, I get what they're saying, though. I mean, because... You, you you pointed out to me that he had, when he was trying to um, flee the Shreveport area, mm-hmm. he held up a couple and sold $21 from them. Mm-hmm. So why didn't he kill them? I mean, he at this point, he had already shown that he was very proficient at killing and very willing to kill. But it sounds to me like he's the type of person where, if it's the right situation... And he's got this weird moral thing, maybe, where he's like, I just mm-hmm. need the money, I'm not here to kill. Um that that is that I get what they're saying about his his uh Swiss his conscience. Cheese. Yeah, his yeah. his conscious uh conscience. Is uh yeah, full it's definitely full of holes. I get that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and depending on where he drops the day he meets you, you may be okay or you may be dead. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I get it. So Defenses, th- sorry, the defense's mental experts actually testified that Rowling was mentally ill at the time of the murders, saying that he suffered from borderline personality disorder, which is an antisocial disorder, and um, paraphalia, a sexual disorder that resulted in his peeping Tom like behaviors, so his voyeurism, which he had shown in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Marin. Who had examined Rowling in 91 for a different case actually disagreed and said to characterize what he has done, what he has admitted to, as a borderline personality disorder rather than antisocial personality is to suggest that what he had done would be a schoolboy prank rather than as a function of the violent behavior that would be associated with sadistic psychopathy. And keep in mind, this is like. The 90s and early 2000s. And I don't believe psychopathy one is in the DSM. <laughs> um, and that, as far as I'm aware, there's no actual diagnoses for that so much as it's a word used for a variety of things, just as a descriptor. Marin brings this up. Um, he also watched The Exorcist 3 which Rowling had watched just hours before the murder spree began. And um, the prosecutor mentioned that it contained similarities to the Gainesville crimes, including but not limited to the stabbings and decapitation. The movie also has a killer spirit that's named Gemini.
0: Yep. So, yeah, the the, the, Gemini, the Gemini killer in Exorcist Three. Uh, which, by the way, was actually directed by William Peter Blatty, which a okay. lot of people don't ever take into account. Who was basically he—he—he he, he was basically responsible for The Exorcist. The Exorcist Two was crap, and The Exorcist Three really brought it back around. One of the greatest jump scares in horror history, by the way. To break okay. the uh, the monotony here for just a minute, because this is this is rough shit. Um, <laughs> Brad Dourif actually plays the Gemini Killer. In uh Exorcist 3, uh, which he is a West Virginia boy. Born and I raised in Hunting- know that. born and raised in Huntington, West Virginia, also the voice of Chucky. So um it doesn't surprise me because he stills the movie as the Gemini killer. He's a very in this movie, very, very charismatic killer um who's being interviewed um by you know, um, I won't give too much away about Exorcist three. <laughs> but now that now that you mention that and now that you bring that up a little bit more, because I was like, yeah, he has definitely seen Exorcist Three somewhere. Um, it's really interesting because yeah, there there are a lot of similarities.
1: So Marin says and I quote, uncanny, uncanny parallels between many of the items in that movie and what Danny Rowling has said. This is not to say Gemini caused or commanded him to do anything or demanded it. Another psychologist, Dr. Robert Stadoff, told jurors that he doesn't know who he is. At one point, he is Robin Hood or Jesse James. At another, he is the church going person who drives the Sunday school bus. Man, they're really like nailing the coffin with going, going this going Sunday, school, Sunday bus. school stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, one psychologist suggested that the serial killer was mentally ill and shifted from role to role, but did not exhibit multiple personalities. While Stadoff, he's a forensic psychiatrist, by the way. Um, so Stadoff agreed with two previous psychiatrists that Rowling has b- borderline personality disorder, characterized by anger, immaturity, anxiety, unstable relationships, and mood swings. All said that the child abuse by his father is what drove him to voyeurism and then later violence. They also said that while Rowling believes that he has other personalities that include the killer Gemini, he does not have multiple personality disorder as, and again, let's remember this is the 90s, even hypnosis failed to turn up the Gemini personality. And I feel like we all know that hypnosis is kind of a crock.
0: Yeah, I would say definite definite quackery there. Yeah. In the
1: most polite way possible. Yeah.
0: Try to be nice, yeah.
1: <laughs> Exorcist 3 portrays a spirit of an executed serial killer, like you said, who actually inhabits the body of mental patients and uses them to slice open a woman's torso and decapitate her, similar to the way that Krista Hoyt was displayed. And after seeing this movie, Stadoff said, rolling deals in magic, fantasy, and mysticism and would have, hearing the name of the satanic spirit, which shared the name of his own astrological sign, Gemini, most of us would take that as, oh, wow, that's a coincidence. But not with the magical thinking of Danny Rowling. He would have seen that as a kind of sign, someone communicating directly to him through the movie. Rowling thinks that he can summon mystical power, and when he found the apartment door of his first two victims unlocked but jammed, Rowling told psychologists that he willed it open the second time he tried to enter. Regardless, he did plead guilty, and he was convicted of all of of this crime um, and was sentenced to execution. Um, He was executed in 2006 by lethal injection. His final statement was two full minutes and five verses of a gospel song which had quite literally nothing to do with the murders and he did this in front of the family members of many of his victims wow <clears throat> um this is this doesn't have a sweet ending this like there's no relief to him being caught yeah it <sighs> there's no reason and that's i'm sure that's an issue for many of the families i i would want i would want to know why and There isn't a why. Yeah,
0: and that's, that's the, that's like the, maybe the worst part of it is, like, you normally think, well, when the person gets caught, then, then that brings some sort of closure. How would that possibly bring any closure to them? Because he didn't, because all they would hear is, what, and, and normally I'm not, I'm not downplaying the abuse. He was abused as a child. Um, he had a personality disorder. He had all of these different things. At the end of the day, that doesn't tell anyone why their loved one is gone. It doesn't It doesn't explain anything. It doesn't help kind of ease that pain. Um, yeah, it, and it definitely doesn't, like, for me personally, the whole time I'm listening to it, I'm just like... I, I just keep thinking, this guy definitely... Was smarter than he seemed, mm-hmm. and he definitely was chasing some sort of fame. Uh, he he definitely needed to be the center of attention. He was chasing some sort of and like and when you said he he made comments that he wanted to be bigger than Ted Bundy, that. That, that just told me everything to you know about him everything yeah. I need to know about him was right there because again when you watch the Exorcist 3 and you watch the character that is inhabited by you know the Gemini killer the the spirit of mm-hmm. this uh, serial killer he's very much like the centerpiece of the movie like he's the thing you can't take your eyes off of So yeah it sounds like it was a perfect storm uh, for, for someone to uh, to turn to turn and and do what he did.
1: I think the thing that I hate the most about this is that Scream was based off of this and it's something unlike, say, the Girl Scout murders where we're not sure, but probably, it's something we know for sure. And all that's doing is giving him more fame for yeah. doing something this horrible.
0: Yeah, because I, I knew when you when you gave me the first few lines and I was like, well, that's Scream, and I know what Scream's based on. Uh, and, I, I again, I had never done a lot of research. I knew the basic murders. I knew that he was tried and he was killed. I didn't know all of the details that you gave. Um, so, yeah, for, for me as you know, a pretty big movie buff to be able to know exactly who you're talking about and... Um, just from that description tells you that he definitely got some infamy. So Yeah. Alright.
1: I think we're done with this because I don't think I can make <laughs> it any heavier than it already is.
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> so yeah, let's let's bring down the heaviness and say this. Go watch the Exorcist um, 3. It's actually it's actually very, very good. It's uh it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive. It's got George C. Scott in it. He's he's wonderful. Um, don't go and murder anyone after you watch it, please. Um, and if you decide to, um,
1: yeah, lightning can not strike twice. They're not going to yeah. make two movies about the person who copied the Gemini Spirit, <laughs>
0: right? And yeah, Scream is. I, I'm going to put it this way: if you've never watched Scream, it's the movie that ruined slasher movies, but it's one of the best slasher movies ever made. It made the yeah. slasher movie meta. Which uh, is still still stinking up slasher movies to this day. Unfortunately. But it is so good. It is super good. Um, the third one, awful. Third Got screen, it. it's terrible. But still watch it, and because you guys need to get caught up, so we can all go watch the new one when it comes out. Okay. Because I'm very excited about that. So that was a lot. That was a really, really interesting one. Um, I'm going to tell you, bigger trigger warning. If you're very interested and you decide to go pick this book up, um, just the little snippets I read while she was going over her parts, there is some extreme shit in that. So keep that in mind if you decide to to go get it. Another trigger warning there.
1: Yeah, if you guys do for some reason want to subject yourself to it, it's called... The Making of a Serial Killer by Sandra London and Danny Rowling. There you go. All
0: right. So, uh, again, just to kind of circle back around. Sorry, <laughs> Johnny D's. We ate Johnny D's for dinner right before we talked about this murder. So, Johnny D's... Um,
1: was the lightest note of the night, and it was
0: so good. It was so good. The best food we've ever had on, on this podcast, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, so, so good. Yeah. Um, I, I highly recommend you, you seek them out, go check them out. And if you have more interest in this, this is one of the rare ones that we've done so far that is solved. Uh, Mm Um, because we did, aren't the first three we did
1: unsolved? I believe so. Or was
0: your second one solved? Either way. Either way. This one is solved. Yeah. This This one one solved. solved. So, uh, here's what I'm going to say. Instead of saying if you have any information on these murders, reach out, whatever we normally say. How about this? So we mentioned Crime Stoppers. Yes. And they are still an organization that's around. Completely anonymous. Yep. Totally anonymous. If you suspect somebody is capable of or has committed a crime similar or even not even similar to this, but any, any type of murder, anything like that, why don't you reach out to Crime Stoppers and why don't you uh, be brave enough to, uh, to tell them and maybe save somebody's life
1: life because here's the thing if you tell crime stoppers what they do is they take the tip that you gave them and turn it over and that tip can be utilized to either narrow somebody down or it like in this case find somebody and not only solve one set of murders but two yeah absolutely
0: so one anonymous tip to crime stoppers um saved potentially countless lives because this and guy, armed robbery and because armed robbery he was already so, in jail and everything else so it's you know it's one of those things where he could have kept on going he could have done <laughs> more and more and more and one person being brave enough to call and say hey something's off about this saved um, potentially a lot of lives so yeah. instead of saying reach out to your or reach out to the the police or whatever we normally say for unsolved ones um you know, reach out to Crime Stoppers if you think you see anything odd. Um, you
1: can also support you know. your local organization of Crime Stoppers, and I definitely suggest that you do that. It's a great organization and it's a nonprofit, they don't yeah. make anything from doing it.
0: You can also support us if you want to. Just you- saying. You could do that. We're a pretty cool organization, yeah, too. We're pretty awesome. And while we are not nonprofit, we need new tools to make this podcast better. So if you yes, love this, <laughs> not even monetary donations, just share it and, yeah. and let your friends know about it, talk about it, things like that. Like, share, follow. Please. And remember, we are on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other spots where you can find. Super cool podcast, just like this one. We're also on iHeartRadio. I need to add that to the list. And we are on Twitter.
1: Instagram, Facebook.
0: And Facebook, yep. I was trying to remember all the ones We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And we may be opening, um, eventually, a
1: TikTok. We're talking about that. We are talking about a TikTok as soon as I can... Get no. over being a little camera shy. It's all right. It'll it, in time. Uh, <laughs> we are we are
0: not camera people. That's why we're talking into a microphone. It's true. Um, and then. I'm also working on a YouTube channel where we are going to maybe um, curate some videos that are around the murders that we talk about where you can go on there and just kind of deep dive a little more. So if we can find like free documentaries, things like that, I'm going to throw them up there Um, as well as, you know, maybe even some uh, some cool movie stuff because I'm a movie buff. So uh, that may be based around the stuff we talk about. So, you know, watch for that in the near future. All right. Until then stay creepy. That's a thing that we say
1: sometimes. We do. Stay creepy, guys.
0: Yeah, there we go. Stay creepy. Get out of here. Youngins.